Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Miller, your host for Scent 315. And of course, I am with Sarah Main. Hello. Hello. How are you, Kevin? I'm too excited, and you're going to have to watch me. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Matt is here, our sound engineer. Matt, you want to say hello? Yeah, good morning. What yes. a pleasure. Yes, we're very glad you're here because without you, no one would hear this ever. So thanks. <laughs> I'm sure somebody would do it. <laughs> uh, not not like you, Matthew. Not like you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, so I had a really exciting week. I mean, it was thrilling. Uh, anything new and exciting with you? Well, yeah, as Kevin's in this very excited state, which is great. I'm excited to be here too, but I'm just in a weirder place. It's been a good week of the Lord revealing things and bringing things together, but it's kind of that awkward place where you're like, oh, I feel like I'm falling apart as I'm also getting healed and coming together. So today should be interesting. Yeah, we'll be an interesting (laughs) blend, won't we? Yes. Um. (laughs) One of the reasons why I'm so excited uh, is because we are getting to the 315 part of Scent 315, and it's so core and so foundational to everything that goes from here that I'm glad we are here. Yes. So uh, would you mind if I just read 1 Peter 315? Yeah. We'll start there. Let's get into it. Okay. So it says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And in another version it says, or respect. And that one changed everything about, quote, evangelism for me, really did, that kind of impact. So I'm excited about digging into it, tearing it apart a little bit. You're going to expand on it a little bit. Yeah, Um, I'm excited to dig into it. I think it's a it's a common verse. Um, I remember the first time I really like was like, whoa, what a verse. <laughs> Where it was highlighted to me was in high school when I took a apologetics class. And this verse was our memory verse. Oh, I bet. And so we, we learned some things about it, but I'm excited that we're breaking it down in details because it's, it's really a rich verse. Yeah. It's not, sometimes it feels like, oh, this is the verse that we always use and we talk about, but do we really understand just the rich layers of it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because really what we're doing is, uh, part of it is, you know, tearing into the Word of God and seeing what He's got to say to us. And then another main foundation for us is really, really, really practical stuff where we talk to people that do some things really well and learning from them. And so it's uh, all about encouraging and equipping. And and this time we get to dig into the Bible and see how Peter was equipping us. So... I want to take the first part of that. Yeah. Okay. So sanctify Christ in your heart as yeah. Lord. And what does that mean to to me? Um, the way it makes most sense to me is from uh, a, a Mark Hoffman sermon, and it was a secret life with God. Your secret life with God, and and um, He's Lord, and that sets the tone for everything. But if we don't spend time with him, if we don't nurture that relationship and get to know him and get to know his heart, um, having his compassion for the lost just might not ever, ever happen. I, you know, I really think that you become like who you hang out with. 
Definitely. Right? And hanging out with Jesus is a really good idea. Something happened a couple of nights ago. Yeah, you were talking about this that you felt like really tied into this key. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good illustration. I was going over to speak to a group of young people about having compassion for the lost <laughs> and how to acquire that. Imagine that. And on the way over, I was lugging a case of books over that, um, that I was going to share with them and invite them on a journey through this devotional with me. And I ran into a guy in the parking lot that I did not know. At least I thought I did not know him. I said hi to him, and, and he said hi to me. And when he turned around, I saw his face. Hmm. And it was the face of a guy that I dreamed about the night before. Doody, doody, doody. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm going, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but I dreamed about you last night. And it, his facial, facial expression was, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> what did you dream about me? Because we didn't know each other. And I said, we were walking by each other and we looked at each other and with the meanest expression that I've seen on somebody's face, we said, yeah, we don't know each other and let's keep it that way. And it was a little weird because I'm not that kind of guy. No, you know? yeah. And he, he didn't seem to be that kind of guy either. And it happened twice in the dream. And the impact on that for me was this. If we don't have compassion for the lost or for somebody in the body of Christ, if we're so busy or we're so into ourselves or we're so narcissistic or whatever, we lose opportunities to share his love with other people. And we get that from sanctifying Christ as Lord and, and gaining his. It says in the Bible, so many places, his heart broke for them. Compassion drew him to heal them. And Jesus was all about his compassion. And, you know, the... Uh, Aaron McManus's quote the other day a while back, it was, uh, you know, Christians need to be the right people in the wrong room. And if we're just, you know, telling somebody, look, I don't know you. I don't care about knowing you. Peace out. We, we tend to do that yeah. with our hurry and with our apathy. And, and, I, and I do it with my busyness sometimes. So the Lord stopped me in the parking lot, showed me, showed me this guy that I didn't know. And he said to me, well, I got to tell you something. So I don't know how weird this one was going to get, but he <laughs> said, when you were on stage a few weeks ago, you said something that impacted me so much that I turned to my dad and said, I've got to read this guy's book because he gets me and it resonated with him. And I went, well, I haven't written a book, but if we're talking about books, I got a case here. I'm inviting a group of people to a devotional journey to have intimate friendship with God. Yeah. You're invited. And I handed him a book. So anyway, I thought. Okay. And then you got to, you were saying too, you got to share that with the kids and it really made an impact. So it even got bigger than this one moment. Yeah. yeah. It, it connected because something weird and, and <laughs> to me, a divine encounter really obviously got their attention and then they were connected with it. And I, and, and the night went really, really well. And, uh, and, uh, we're going to have, I don't know, maybe a bunch of young people going through a devotion to find intimacy with God about sanctifying him as Lord in their life. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> if we can do that. <laughs> and, so. and I think this is a, a good lead in to the next part of it, which is um, always being prepared mm. to make a defense to anyone who asks. So you start with that, you know, 
with sanctifying the Lord in our hearts. So just like you're talking about having intimacy with him, spending time with him, getting to know him, getting to know his heart for yourself and then for other people and flowing out of that place and allowing him to be, you know, the Lord over you and over your emotions and helping you with just all the stuff that you're going through. And that is part of that preparation. It is. As you were talking about um, this dream that you had where there was just like this animosity between (laughs) two humans that is not normal to you. In our preparation, sometimes we get caught up in the knowledge preparation side. And I think that's usually how we see this verse. It's like, oh, I've got to know all this stuff. I've got to have all the answers. I need to do this. And for me... I think the preparation for me starts more in, am I seeing people as the Lord sees people? Am I seeing people more as enemies, which we've talked about before here, or as um, I phrased it the other day, as seeing people as the Lord's before they look like the Lord's. Mm. And that's part of that preparation because when it comes to that moment where someone where you have an opportunity with someone to share the Lord with them. If you're coming out of God's heart and how God sees them and you're coming at them as a human who's broken just like you and in need of redemption and reconnection to God, their creator, um, it's going to change how you speak. It's going to change what you share. You're going to be more connected and asking the Holy Spirit, what do I say in this moment? Instead of responding out of a defense, if they say something offensive, because people, when you're talking about the Lord, they're going to say some stuff and it's going to be like, oh, that hurts. And if you're not connected to God and seeing them as the Lord calls us to and the way he sees them, then you're going to be all defensive and it's going to be a fight and just a mess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that word defense, you know, some people can define that one the wrong way and make it into a boxing match and a great defense. But it really, the tone of it is much more to give an answer, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and, and you're right, it doesn't have to be a wrestling match. In fact, that encounter in the parking lot probably fits more here because you're talking about um, well in the verses that go before First Peter three fifteen about not being fearful. Share that because that was powerful when you shared it with me. So it was funny. We had some jokes here that we we're going to change it to um, our name to three thirteen through sixteen. Yeah, it just <laughs> I think Matt was against it. I think that was the final vote. It just doesn't quite flow, you know, the same. But uh, we do en- encourage those of you who are listening to us right now go and read that. Um, because as we as I've been studying it, it talks about in verse 14, it says to have no fear of them nor be troubled. And then it goes into but honor Christ as Lord in your hearts. And I love that because I like to get into the Greek and I use Blue Letter Bible app and kind of just break it down. There's so much richness in that, you know, because the Bible wasn't written in English. So <laughs> so in doing that, I, I found this word for uh, troubled and fear. And I was just looking through that. And really what it's talking about is the fear that is over like mankind, Mm. like, and the fear sometimes that comes from them. So you could say the fear of man, but I think it's bigger than that. It's like when you, when we look at people outside of Jesus, there's so much fear 
there's so much worry and just trouble everywhere. And you don't really know anything else. And there are people that, you know, they're trying for goodness. They're trying for hope because they have eternity in their hearts, as the mm. word says. Yeah. Um, they know that they're supposed to be in life a different way because God made us in his image. But there's just this oppression of fear over people. And so part of how we're able to share the Lord is because us being in the Lord, mm. we're outside of that system of fear. The Lord has taken us out of that. And so we don't have to share those same troubles and fears that are in our mind. And we, we have to work through those things. It's not like a magic thing that's like, boom. <laughs> it is that we are in a different kingdom. And we are not ruled by those things unless we choose to be. But yeah. that's a whole other... <laughs> that's another podcast. But I think it's just very encouraging because um, we get to live under the Lord's goodness and under his mindset. And that's one way that we stand out to people is in bringing that hope and living from that hope yeah. above the fear that we all have to deal with and experience, whether you're a believer or not a believer, but we get to be above it. We get to share that with people yeah. and it causes people to ask and, and to wonder yep. who, who are you? <laughs> you know? Yep. And I think that leads into our next part. It really does perfectly because, you know, you're giving an answer to, first of all, to everyone who asks mm -hmm. and why would anybody ask unless you were living a life that demanded answers. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you this way? For example, if you're saying you're going through some stuff and you're trying to figure it out and it could be troubling or something like that, and somebody knows you well enough and you have such proximity to them, they're going, well, you're still hopeful. You're still, you know, there's still something. You still have that light in your eye. Boy, when I'm going through hard times, it's not that way. They're asking you about it. And, um, and, and what's cool too about this one that really hits me it says to everyone who asks you. So there are some people, and people listening, you, they may know people like this at their school, at their office, when we used to be together a lot more, that <laughs> beat them over the head with the Bible and are always like in people's faces. And they're the, they're the kinds of people that people run away from. They don't ask them anything because they're telling everybody, everybody, everybody all the time. And, and that word really, as I dug into it when I was first studying it, the, the tone of it to me is every sort of person, every type of person, which really gives, um, it's a little bit of relief that you don't have to tell everybody, that's good. But number two, it puts a little pressure on you as well, because there are sorts of people that you might not want to talk to, that you might have a prejudice against, or you might go, no, 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 not that one, Lord. And whenever you say that, it's probably that one that he's calling you to. I mean, we don't have to go around the world to speak to different cultures. We can walk across the street to speak to different cultures, especially where you and I live. You know, it's, there's a lot of diversity and culture there. I have something to add on that. Fire with, with the all sorts is, you know, something, so I'm a, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I came to the Lord um, when I was two. I really did. <laughs> I don't remember my life without him. And I've had some struggle in the past, not so much anymore because the Lord's helped me with it, of how can I reach somebody who's never been to church? How can I reach somebody that's never, 
you know, got Jesus at all or heard the Bible. Yeah. And I remember being in high school and doing some evangelistic uh, ministry things. And I ran into a guy and he'd never heard of Jesus in America. And I was like, what? You know, and I got to share the gospel with him and he was way older than me. And so this verse really encourages me because my experience doesn't define who I can share the gospel with. Mm, good because point. I'm connected to God, who is God of the universe, creator of all things, creator of all people. He's omnipresent, knows everything, knows everybody's experiences, and is able to meet people in all of those places. And I'm connected to him. And so in a moment, if he... If he says, hey, go talk to this person or share with this person, he'll show me how to speak to them. He'll do the connection part, yeah. human to human. And I don't have to worry about the fact that I've never done drugs or slept around or uh, gotten drunk, whatever. It's just so encouraging to know that. And that really set me free. Yes, it does. And I think that that's good for us to remember is that even though someone is so different from us in everything, the Lord is the one who does the connection and we just have to be open to yeah, it. It's, it is such a relief and it gets rid of guilt and shame. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm not up to it because the Holy Spirit draws people. And you're right. He already knows them, you know, so you lean on him. There's an old story about uh, some guy that um, scored two points in a basketball game. It was the same game that Michael Jordan scored 70 points in the game. <laughs> and after the game, they interview him and he goes, you know, I'll always remember this at night. Uh, Michael Jordan and I combined for 72 points <laughs> in a game. And, so good. and we're the two pointers, okay? Yeah. And that just brings a relief. And we still have responsibility, but you know, it's all up to the Lord what's going to happen there. We just have to be obedient and share, you know, it, what it says. It says to give an account for the hope that is in you. And the deal with that, the account of the hope that's in you, is really you sharing um, your story. Like I was reading 1 John today. And John is so full of love. We've talked about John before. I mean, I love those epistles. And he says, I'm sharing what we know, what we felt, and what we know to be true with you so that we could have fellowship with you, our fellowship with the Father, and it will make our joy complete so our joy can be complete. And it's like, that's the deal right there. Your joy, you can, you can have complete joy as you enter into this, whatever you got. What did that kid have that, you know, it was one of the miracles you're feeding 5,000 people. He gave them some scraps and the Lord breathed on it and it fed all these people. Bring what you got and then he'll breathe on that and do all the rest. And it's an adventure. Well, I think we should hit the gentleness and respect part. Yeah, that's when I said there's two things you can walk away with, um, that's the other thing. That might be, if we were going to drive home a point, sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, yep, get it. If you bumble around in the middle of the verse and you don't get all of that and can't remember it, don't memorize it like Sarah has, get gentleness and respect. You said something um, the other day, I think it was in another episode, and uh, I'm all about um, Ephesians 2.10 and being God's workmanship, mm -hmm. created for good works in Christ, which he's prepared for us to walk in. And you said, Kevin, not only are we 
his workmanship, but that person that needs him so desperately that you don't want to have a mean face and tell him you don't want to know him in the parking lot is his workmanship too. So why on earth would we not treat somebody made in the image of God why wouldn't we treat them with gentleness and respect? We would. I think sometimes we forget that we're all made in the image of God because we're focused on more outward things <laughs> and and things that, you know, and there is that hard thing sometimes where it's like, we have to be about God's truth and we have to do this stuff. We have to start with the truth of, hey, we're all in God's image and God's heart is that all men would be saved even though that's mm. not what happens, we know that, that is his heart. That is his desire. I mean, even in Ezekiel, God wow. talks about <laughs> God talks about the wicked and he talks about he hopes that they live longer so that they can repent mm. and come to him. I mean, it's just so amazing to think about that that is God's heart and we need to get we need to remember that and put that in the forefront and bring that forward first yep. as we're bringing God's truth and as we're, we're sharing him with people. You know, uh, we were talking with Matt earlier. We were talking about love first, mm -hmm. lead with love. So love not only first in order, but love being primary and being the most important part. Uh, I've shared with a conversation I had with the Lord where I didn't hear him audibly, but I heard him. And he said, Kevin, I'll tell you what, man, you get love down. You love these people. Um, I'll take care of the conviction. But if you, if you get the love down, then maybe you can move on to something else. You know, once you've got that complete and that figured out and that perfected, then you can move into other things. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're not telling people the truth, especially if they ask you to give an account, right? And all Definitely. of that. But you do it with what? With love. And gentleness and respect, and respect. because you love <laughs> them. <laughs> no, you got it. A story that I have is I had someone that over like a year process I was friends with, met, him, met her, sorry, it's a her, not a him, met her at work. And it was kind of weird because the Lord didn't have me share the full gospel with her until one night and she got saved that night, mm. which was <laughs> just really crazy. But I mean, I talked about the Lord because I'm very open. He's a part of my life. And so we had plenty of conversations about that. But after she had gotten saved, she was kind of like not really following the Lord yet, kind of like, but not like there was obvious transformations going on. She wasn't ready for discipleship. So she kind of fell off in certain ways. And I don't think she's with the Lord at the moment. I know the Lord has her and that's his job. But there was one point and it was very powerful for me in this whole love and truth conversation. So about a year after she accepted the Lord, and she moved in with her boyfriend. She had invited me and another one of my friend, our friends at the time over to their house. And so we went over there and both me and my other friend, who's a Christian as well, we were just like, this is weird. Like we want to be a part of her life, but also we don't approve of this. This is not the best for her. But we went over and we had dinner and we hung out with them and, and it was fine. It was good. And then uh, she came to church with me a couple days later, and I knew that I had to say something. And it was hard because I knew she was kind of in a, in a weird place with the Lord and God. 
but I knew I had to say something. And so we went out to Chipotle and we got, you know, burritos, had a good time. And, and then in the car, right at the last <laughs> minute, I was like shaking on the inside. I just had to tell her and, and I just did it very simply. I was just like, hey, you know, my friend used her name and, you know, I love you and I care about you. And I just want you to know that I, I'm with you, but I really don't think that you moving in with this guy is God's best for you. I think the mm. Lord has better for you. And she started crying and I was crying. <laughs> and this is what she said. She said, Sarah, thank you for telling me that. Because if you didn't tell me that, you wouldn't have been the friend I thought you were. And she still, she didn't change, like nothing of that happened, but she felt so loved in that moment because she knew who I was. Yeah. And she knew that I was a person that really cared about her and was willing to tell her something that was potentially a, (sighs) but I was able to do it with the Lord's wisdom and do it very softly. And it was this beautiful moment and it really revolutionized the way that I learned to love and it worked out. Yeah, and you can tell just by how you tell the story that it was done with gentleness and respect. Yes. It really it really reminds me with a story I probably will wrap it up with. This, uh, this Ephesians 4.29 verse, that's an example. We didn't even share this, so this, but this is what you did. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no unwholesome word mm-hmm. proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so it will give grace to those who hear. And that's what you did in that story, and that's what we encourage people to do. And imagine what the world would be like if more of Christ's followers took this approach, intentionally did this. They'd be sent Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> hey, b- b- as we wrap it up, there's this really mysterious thing that people who are listening can do, which I don't completely understand, but I know how important it is because every podcast says it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> so tell them and me, what would you like people to do that would help get the word out and more people get about this and hopefully bless and encourage and equip people? What could they do, Sarah? I don't know. Maybe rate and review. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Yes, but really, we would love um, for you to rate and review because we want to know how we're doing. If you're getting out of getting something out of this, we'd like to know if you hate everything we say. I mean, we want to know that too. Well, so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I might get hurt feelings, but okay. Well, we might be hurt, but we we can handle it. Um, but yes, please do that. And also get on our Instagram, which is at sent underscore 315. And that's a way that you guys can engage. You can easily um, share our content. We're going to put excerpts from podcasts up there. You can share it to your story so your friends see it. And also um, DM us. Ask us questions. We're going to do episodes periodically where we answer you guys your questions and um, and just get to hear and engage from you. And then our website is sent315.org and the resources that Kevin talks about, they're all on there. Um, There's other stuff on there. You can get on our email list because we have plans for the future of building community with our listeners. Very, very exciting and uh, great to be with 
you on this adventure. You and Matt and obviously thousands of people who are listening to this right now. <laughs> God bless you guys. Just remember, you're sent. <laughs> <laughs>